is the 16th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I am a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history of covering and researching the far right, specifically the Proud Boys, which made the news today as the leader, Enrique Tarrio, and four quote-unquote lieutenants, is what they're being called, are being indicted for seditious conspiracy in regards to their behavior at the January 6th riots on our Capitol, which is mind-blowing. And then I happened to find an old clip of Gavin McGinnis from 2016, where he basically called for seditious conspiracy. <laughs> he had a, well, he basically called for a conspiracy to, you know, go against the government. And that was back in 2016, if Hillary had won the election. Um, and he basically says that they're going to become terrorists. And, you know, he had to protect, quote unquote, his boys. It's, it's absolutely insane that they basically just admitted it. And the reason why nobody cared in 2016, I know because I've researched that group since 2016, is that no one took the group seriously. They were on this tiny, um, Gavin McInnes created the group when he was doing a show called The Gavin McInnes Show on Compound Media, which was a, a very specific streaming site. I think it has a decent audience, but not a huge audience. And they were just flying right under the radar. And I was a researcher who kind of stumbled into this job. I wasn't paid. I was anonymous. I just sort of got obsessed and was like, somebody needs to stop this group. They're going to be really bad. This is really bad. And I ended up working with a bunch of journalists and gave just an insane amount of uh, video to the FBI um, absolutely nothing came of the FBI. <laughs> there was just, and it's a long story. I ended up getting investigated, uh, cause at one point the state of New York thought I was somehow a terrorist, which that's a whole other story, which is hilarious because they found out I'm a nerdy cat lady who just was trying to give them information. They misunderstood what was going on with that completely. And it is very funny. The story is completely insane. It's on my blog, Juliet Chesky blog. Com. I also found an old clip of Milo Yiannopoulos because Milo Yiannopoulos is also was a member of the alt-right. He was also affiliated very heavily with Gavin McInnes at one point. He's now working for Marjorie Taylor Greene as an unpaid intern, which is insane because she used to be QAnon. QAnon, people are obsessed with this whole child sex trafficking ring situation that's not actually a real thing. And she just hired a man who's best known for advocating for sex between adults and adolescents. There are three clips of that. Two are well known. I found my clip two weeks after those got published and got a bunch of publicity. So nobody really noticed my clip, but that's okay. I just put it out there again. Um, so that's been my day today. Absolutely bonkers. Now we'll get into Fox News because that's the point of this podcast. <laughs> what a crazy day. Last week was such a slow news week and today was what we call a very, very busy news day, at least for me. So here's the, uh, the lead. Here we go. Here's the headline. 
Fox News ignores a mass shooting while decrying gun control. Viewers of Fox News last week probably thought a government agent was about to bust in their door and confiscate their guns. They might also not realize a mass shooting happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma Wednesday night. Unlike their competitors, Fox News just blatantly ignored the tragedy. It didn't mix well with their push against any sensible gun control laws. So that's what happened. That was completely nuts. Last week was bonkers. So Monday, as I explained in the newsletter, uh, was Memorial Day. So Fox decided to, it was comical how bad these shows were. Fox and Friends was normal. They had a lot on Memorial Day, which is appropriate, but it was like a normal news show for Fox and Friends. And then (laughs) the five had a comedian on and a former wrestler in lieu of Waters and um, Greg Gutfeld. And instead, they just sat around and read viewer mail for the entire show. And then Tucker Carlson tonight, and he's done this before because I followed him before. He did this last year at at, um, July 4th. He just showed clips selected clips from his interview show called Tucker Carlson Today. So both were complete washout, totally useless to me. Then for the last half of the week, Fox and Friends didn't even bother, and they showed the Queen's Jubilee instead. So I had to follow a show called Outnumbered, which is dumber than The Five, which I didn't think was possible. But boy, nothing like a panel show. It's just (laughs) so useless. Because they talk about nothing. It's like, what is going on? There's no experts. There's really no meat. It's just opinions and that's it. And I'm just bored out of my mind. So that was last week. And I, I struggled with finding the theme for this this newsletter and podcast because I was like, I don't even know what happened last week. But then I thought about it and I said, you know what? It's what they didn't report on. That's the story. And on Wednesday night, As I was working on this project, my phone lit up, as yours probably lit up, with updates about a mass shooting in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I went to uh, Twitter to check things out, and I noticed some other researchers at Media Matters, Aaron Rupar, and they both were saying, wow, Fox is not covering this. Fox is not covering this. And I just went, oh my my God. And I was live capturing Tucker Carlson at that moment. And I half expected they would cut in with a breaking news, and they never did. And then at the end of the week, I said, well, let me go back and see how much this story was reported on. So I did my mega transcript, which is all 15 hours in one big, huge transcript, and I searched for Tulsa, and I found exactly one reference. And that is just, that is just so depressing to me. That's one of the ways Fox manipulates their audience. It's not so much what they tell them, it's what they don't tell them. And since I've started this project in mid-February, I've already found a pattern of them ignoring stories where a black person is victimized by police. That is a common thread. I could at least, at least eight, nine stories where they just ignore it completely. They don't report on it. The other, the other major theme that Fox consistently ignores are stories about climate change. Violent weather in Australia ignored. Uh, insane heat waves in India ignored. There was violent weather in Brazil. They didn't cover it. 
Um, they sometimes report on wildfires, but they are usually reduced to a 30-second se segment in headline news on Fox and Friends. And that is it. When the UN came out with these huge climate change studies, they were ignored by Fox News. They don't mention, they might mention it, but they don't do a story on it. They certainly don't do a segment on it. It's just completely ignored. So those are the two main things that I've seen them consistently just radio silence when it happens. So the main theme last week, other than the goofy schedule that I had to like navigate, was gun control. And Tucker Carlson especially was really pushing this hard. Now, he called the AR-15 a defensive weapon, which I found interesting. Um, he also, he talked about guns so much that it was, in his four monologues this week, it was guns got mentioned 54 times, rifles 19 times, and weapons 49 times. And he also referred to gun control as a power grab three times, which was very Interesting. This first clip is about Canada, and what Tucker leaves out is that this this new legislation that they just passed actually has to do with a mass shooting that happened in Canada a couple years ago. So this, even though it kind of lined up with what happened in Uvalde, it's not a reaction to Uvalde. They couldn't get anything past that quickly. Canada's Botox dictator, Justin Trudeau, wasted no time in using the tragedy in the U.S. to his own political advantage in Canada. Now, Uvalde is more than 2,000 miles from Ottawa, but because of what Salvador Ramos was allowed to do in Texas, Canadians are no longer allowed to protect themselves. Justin Trudeau has introduced a bill that would ban Canadian citizens from buying, selling, and transferring handguns within their own country. Again, handguns were not the cause of the shooting in Uvalde. Uvalde is nowhere near Canada, and yet Justin Trudeau is using that tragedy to disarm anyone who disagrees with them. By the way, that law would empower courts to f confiscate guns from people, even if they've not committed a crime. Watch Justin Trudeau announce this power grab, and as you do watch, pay special attention to the masked toadies behind him nodding in unison. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. What this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. In other words, we're capping the market for handguns. What's actually happening here is that people like Justin Trudeau know that their rule is illegitimate. They know perfectly well how resented they are, and they spend an awful lot of time thinking about civil unrest. You probably don't. You live in a democracy, so you don't imagine that anyone needs to be disarmed for political reasons. But people like Justin Trudeau can feel the deep resentment aimed at them, and they are fully intent on disarming the population. Now, we reached out to Justin Trudeau's office today about this new law. We wanted to know if Trudeau will apply these laws to himself. That's always the first and most important test of sincerity. If it's good for me, it ought to be good for you, too, and vice versa. So, in this case, will Justin Trudeau's state-funded bodyguards be relinquishing their handguns? And how about their banned AR-15s? But, of course, we're not allowed to know the answer to that question because he's in power and we're not. Quote, so, basically, Tucker Carlson is advocating for any world leader to not have their own armed security. That we should all just be unarmed, and if somebody kills a head of state, oh well. I don't know how that's democratic, but okay, that's what he's advocating for. 
Second, he implies that Justin Trudeau is not the legitimate leader of Canada. Okay, I'm not sure how that's possible. They have free and fair elections in Canada. It's a different electoral system than ours because they have a parliament and a prime minister. Um, but they still have free and fair elections. And then third... Canada has its own constitution, and they're allowed to have different laws than us. Amazing, Tucker. Just mind-blown that they could do that. Most of the industrialized world has much more restrictive laws regarding guns than the United States. Pretty much all of it. Uh, you know, it's to, so to act like this is tyranny is, is a little loopy. Because, like, you can't have a gun easily in the UK, most of Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and plenty of other countries. It's, it's not easy to get a gun. The average person can't get a gun. That's pretty par for the course. We're the unusual country in that we have kind of a free-for-all here. So that's the first clip on Canada. I'm going to play another one where he just goes full tinfoil hat. And this gentleman that he's speaking to is named Theo Fleury. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. He's a Canadian, a former hockey player, NHL hockey player. And apparently he's also promoted a lot of conspiracies regarding COVID-19. You know, this, this ideology has been tried 24 times in the history of the planet. And the only thing that comes out of it is death. You know, yes. the communist globalist um, agenda. And what we're seeing right now is we're seeing the insane running the asylum. And, uh, you know, we're, we're headed down a, a wrong road and a wrong path right now. You know, probably three years is uh, systemic trauma and systemic abuse caused by the government. And and what we're seeing is we saw a spike in mental health, we saw a spike in opioid use, we saw a spike in suicides, you know, seven and eight year old kids are having suicidal ideation. So, so this is pre-planned and premeditated. And, you know, uh, what, what Trudeau announced in the last couple of days is all part of the plan and where we're headed. This type of rhetoric, this type of leadership needs to go and it needs to go now. And people are shell shocked after years of this. I, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be thinking about that for the next week. I think that's just such an amazing observation, and, and so clearly true. Yeah, it's it's you know you're going to you know we're going to have people have PTSD from the last three years because of yes. because of what's going on, and and uh, you know this is premeditated and pre-planned. The World Economic Forum is in Canada and is running our country and running. The Great Reset, whatever you, whatever the hell you want to call it, it is happening in Canada, and it is being played out. The script is being played out every single day in this country, and it's got to stop. So even though he's not an actual employee of Fox News, he's echoing a theme that's promoted on this network quite a bit. And that theme is a law gets passed, it infringes on people, they believe it infringes on a basic right, and they equate it with communism. Which doesn't make any sense because communism is an economic model, an economic system. Um, and no part of that speech or the law does Trudeau say, hey, the government's going to take all the businesses and we're going to take your private property. We're going to seize it and we're going to convert to a managed economy 
aka communism. So get ready, folks. No. And they also always equate democracy with capitalism, which is a mistake because you can have plenty of countries. Russia is probably the best example of a state where you have a free market, you have capitalism, but you have an totalitarian government. You have a dictator, essentially. So people basically don't have rights. They can't vote. They can't pick their government, but they have a free market. A lot of the Middle East is that same model. Countries in Africa have that same model. So again, you can have capitalism without having democracy. It's frequent, actually. The idea that they think one right gets taken away from someone, that boom, we're full-blown communism is absolute madness. And then, of course, there are plenty of countries all over the world. Most countries, most industrialized modern countries, wealthy countries, have restrictions on who can own a gun. United, the United States is incredibly unique in that we have pretty much a free-for-all when it comes to gun ownership, and that's due to the Second Amendment. And most constitutions do not have the Second Amendment. And if you look at Europe, if you look at Australia, if you look at New Zealand, if you look at, again, most of the industrialized world, you know, they still have free elections. They still have freedom. They, people aren't living under a dictator. So I, I would challenge Mr. Carlson on his idea that gun restrictions equal tyranny and that the only thing standing before tyranny and the American people are the fact that some Americans own guns. That's cr absolutely crazy because it would also mean if you think that's the only obstacle to the government, like seizing all of our power and going totalitarian is, well, then people would have to be willing to shoot members of their armed services and members of law enforcement because that would be the quote unquote government. So it's always strange to me that that, that paradox exists among these people who are really hardcore Second Amendment uh, defenders, and they also are like big into supporting our military. It's like, well, who do you think you're going to shoot? You're going to shoot the National Guard. You're going to shoot your neighbor. So eh. anyway, the next one is a classic example of somebody lying through statistics. And I have updated this. I need to update the video. I just stuck up the one I have. I had to make this super fast. So I made this in about 10 minutes. Um, so I'm going to redo it, but I'm going to give you the real stats for it now in real time. So here you go. They don't even know the basic crime stats. In the United States, rifles kill fewer people every year than fists or knives do. There's no effort afoot to ban knives or fists. So what Tucker Carlson's doing here is lying through statistics. And I will, it's really easy to knock this down. It sounded crazy what he just said, that more people die from knives and fists than rifles. What he's talking about is a list where, for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, rifles were separated from other types of firearms. Here's the real numbers. For the year 2020, about 13,000 people died from some type of firearm. It's, the actual number is 13,347. When you add knives and fists together, it's only 2,400. So... <laughs> Rifles is a subsection of firearms, which is 455. So he's just blatantly lying, basically. He's not technically lying, but he's being incredibly misleading there. So yeah, firearms are number one, the number one cause of murder in the United States by far. Nothing comes close. And you can see the stats in the newsletter. I have a link to them. So I also included a bunch of statistics on gun violence. So I've warned about polls in the past because 
Polls can be heavily manipulated because it's all about how you ask a question. You can ask a question in an incredibly leading way to try to get an answer out of somebody, a specific answer. You can lead the poll. But there's four organizations that I list that are very solid. They teach us this in J school. They're just incredibly solid, middle of the road, nonpartisan. That's the Axios Ipos, Brookings Institution, Gallup, and Pew Research. Straight down the middle, excellent research. Um, and a new poll just came out this Sunday, and I include some information about that poll in the newsletter. And it's like 70% of Americans think enacting new gun control laws should take precedent over protecting ownership. And that's definitely down partisan lines. It's like 90% Democrat, 75% independent. 56% of Republicans think the opposite, that gun ownership should give it, be given priority over um, gun control. And then there's more stats in there. And I included a great article by Zachary B. Wolf. I basically copied and pasted it. I tweaked it a little bit. And when I blatantly copy something, I openly admit it. Um, because I don't have time to do the reporting on top of reporting on Fox News. It pretty much takes all my effort to keep up with the shows and keep, you know, really very detailed notes on every show and then hunt down sources and try to figure out where they're telling the truth, where they're being misleading. So that's my focus. I can't also do additional reporting on top of that. I just don't have enough time and I'm one person. So this article that I heavily cite and openly admit is not my information, <laughs> Um, I'm not a plagiarist. I, he did a great job with this article. Um, I have links to it all over the place. Zachary B. Wolf from CNN. Chef's kiss. This is gorgeous work. Um, he includes something that I think is very important, which the stats are based per capita. Part of the reason why some of the information about gun violence out of Chicago sounds so alarming is Chicago is an enormous city. It's much bigger than most U.S. cities. The top four cities in the country, which is New York, L.A., Chicago, and Houston, are much bigger than anything else. There's a huge drop-off from Houston to the next like tier of city. Chicago has 2.7 million people in it. So that's just, you're going to hear a big number. Now, they do have a huge problem with guns, but on a per capita basis, they usually don't break in the top 10 in U.S. cities. The top 10 in U.S. cities includes my own hometown of St. Louis. St. Louis is usually number one. Um, this year it wasn't, but it was in the top five. It almost always is. I included more information about states, and it shows a direct correlation that he found in his beautiful article, which again I linked to, that the more the lax gun laws are, the more the gun violence is. And Mississippi is number one, Louisiana, number two, Wyoming, Missouri, Alabama, and Alaska. They have very, very high rates per capita of gun violence, and they have very, very lax gun laws in all of those states. The states that had the least amount of gun, uh, gun deaths also had the strongest gun laws, and that would be Hawaii, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and New York. So uh, Chicago is unfortunate in that it's right up against two states that have very, very lax gun laws, one being Missouri, my home state, and the other being Indiana. And so that is a huge problem with getting weapons into Chicago. And so whenever these, you know, pundits and partisan people say, oh, well, Chicago has strict gun laws and they have all these people dying. Well, yeah, because they're right next to Missouri and Indiana. And Missouri has one of the highest per capita rates in the country, thanks to St. Louis, because St. Louis has got oh, so many problems. I could go on, could do a whole podcast about my hometown. It's a, it's a disaster in many ways.
I included some really great sources uh, this week. I was just, I was very pleased with what I found. The Washington Post has a great article. It's called History Shows the Push for Gun Control Faces Long Odds. And the uh, journalist for that went through the entire history, fairly condensed, of the gun control movement and the obstacles it's faced. And it is quite good. It, it's very, very uh, detailed, lots of information in that. And the, the sources this week were just great. I was very happy with what I found. The next clip is very topical. I personally couldn't stand this news story. I tried to avoid it, um, but it's, I'll just play it. You'll hear it immediately. It's just so depressing. So we occasionally will admit it. Take a look at the Washington Post so you don't have to. Jeff Bezos's personal newspaper. And we remember that back in 2018 during the Me Too moral panic, which was never serious, by the way. It was another power grab. An actress called Amber Heard wrote an op-ed in that newspaper accusing Johnny Depp of abusing her. Well, ultimately went to trial, as you may know. And today, the jury found that that op-ed was defamatory and awarded Johnny Depp $15 million in damages. What are the lessons we can draw from this? Well, we're going to restrain ourselves and draw no lessons and let you do that. We'll see you tomorrow. So I only included that because it was just an enormous story last week. I, I will not give you my personal opinion on the trial or the verdict because this show is not about my opinion. I just found it really sad and depressing and even sadder and more depressing that Tucker Carlson took glee out of it and trashed the, the post and trashed me too. It's just, ugh, yuck. I mean, if you ever wondered what the reaction was on it, there you go. Um, this next clip is even crazier in that it's about, the, it's from The Five, and Judge Pirro tries to sort of tie the COVID-19 lockdowns to an increase in mass shootings, but she mentions a mass shooting from 2018, which would be two years prior to COVID-19, so I'm not sure how this makes any sense. And then Will Cain goes into your typical list of conservative reasons for why we have so many mass shootings. Was with the COVID lockdowns, kids in schools now go kind of like from sixth grade uh, to ninth grade because they missed two years and they are emotionally not mature enough is socially, uh, but now they're they're in a position where they're with older kids. I kind of tie that together with the fact that since 2018, we are now seeing the mass shooters, the age of the mass shooters, younger and Uvalde uh, and 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 uh, uh, is a bu not Buffalo is a Buffalo. Yeah, yeah. 18 Parkland and not was Parkland. 19 as yes. well and 19. Um, you're absolutely right, Judge, and if you were honest and sincere about trying to address this problem, you would be addressing all of the multifactorial contributors that you and Greg and Kellyanne are pointing to. Guns are but one part of that equation. Mental health, as you've mentioned, isolated social media, first-person video shooter games, big pharma. All of our kids are being prescribed drugs at absolutely record rates. And you're going to tell me none of this is contributing to this uptick in, yes, younger shooters, but the focus has has to be simply on the gun. Okay, so, okay, so that clip speaks for itself. So again, they somehow equate the Parkland shooter, who was also very young, to COVID-19 lockdowns that didn't happen until 2020. So somehow he built a time machine, and then Will Kane goes through the typical list, including video games that conservatives love to blame for mass shootings, but everything he mentioned exists in all of these other countries where they don't have mass shootings. And did he offer any proof that these shooters were on 
some type of medication? No, he just throws it out there. So, okay, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, for a person who didn't, doesn't quite follow every little detail, they would believe that they just proved that the, somehow the lockdowns had something to do with the mass shootings when they were talking about a mass shooting from 2018. So there wasn't a bogus expert of the week last week. Um, I could have shown Laura Trump again, but I've done that twice in a row. So it's kind of pointless. But um, they didn't really have a lot of experts on last week. So they do, I do have this clip by a former Green Beret named Scott Mann, who I'm sure is very knowledgeable about the military, and I am not. But he, what he does in this clip is he sort of accidentally, hopefully accidentally, calls for the start of World War III. I'll just play it. What's your reaction to that? We're not going to, to help them with the long-range missiles. Well, I mean, I think it's just another iterative uh, event in this thing where I don't believe we're, we're doing really as much as we could from, a, from an advisory capacity with this situation. I think that just kind of flicking end items over to Ukraine, it's helpful, but it's not game-changing. What do you think we should be doing? Well, I believe that, for one thing, we really need to ensure that the integration of these items that we're sending over there are getting in the hands of the people that need it. This Absolutely. is one thing that a lot of the volunteers that I've heard from have said, that we, we're sending a lot of gear, but it's not getting where it needs to go, and that's a problem. How do we fix that? Well, I think, you know, putting advisors on the ground, specially trained, selected combat advisors, that's something we've done, Ainsley, for decades, is putting, like, Green Berets on the ground in certain situations where we assume some risk uh, to work by, with, and through our partners. And would that be considered boots on the ground, though? How would NATO react? I mean, I, I don't. That, that's a policy level thing that's beyond my pay grade. I, I kind of love how these soft-spoken, you know, very pretty, very feminine, very traditional, like classic blonde on Fox News, Ansley Earnhardt just casually said, you know, isn't that boots on the ground? <laughs> it's just like she's not stupid. She just was like, what you just said is insane. And Ansley Earnhardt uh, has a great voice because she she talks with this like sweet southern accent, and it's almost as if when she speaks, she speaks in this very quiet, soft way, as if like if she raises the volume of her voice in any way, she'll break something. Like it will, something will implode. So she's very careful in the way she speaks. I'm probably going to have to turn this up, but that's my Ansley. I do an Ansley and Earnhardt as well. In addition to my judge, Judge Janine, she has this voice and a rhythm that when she speaks, she throws pens and says, shut up. Let me tell you, listen to me. I'm going to have to turn this down. Every time I do her, I like, I see the audio wave just go, woo. So I don't know how her audio people do it. I decided finally why I love Judge Janine. I figured this out in a comment on Twitter. I love Judge Janine because she screams at her coworkers. And I think for those brief moments, I'm living through her. And also because she's like 71. And any woman who's made it to 71, I'm like, bravo. Even if I disagree with everything that comes out of your mouth. Just bravo. You're still working. You're doing it. Um, and she, she is very humorous. If you watch this as much as I do, you, you'd understand why I, I get kind of get a kick out of her. Even though, yeah, I don't, I don't really agree with anything she says. Except for she likes dogs. I like dogs. Animals are awesome. Okay, so... That's it for the clips. And just for the newsletter, the stories that were not covered on Fox News, there was a, an Admiral Linda Fagan becomes the first woman to lead a U.S. Armed Forces branch. She took over the Coast Guard. Good for her. That was kind of a big deal. Fox did not cover it. There is a severe mega drought in the southwestern United States that's now been going on for 23 years. 
and it's causing problems, problems, problems. Fox doesn't talk about it. There is also extreme weather in the southeast United States. At the time of last week, there wasn't any flooding yet. The flooding happened this weekend, but they all saw it coming, uh, these storms coming. And, you know, PBS NewsHour did an extended segment on the many problems that the southeast is experiencing regarding this extreme weather. Fox did not talk about it. The jobs report. Fox kind of mentioned it, but they acted like all these numbers were a mirage, a joke, not real. Um, we've had 17 months of job growth in a row. That's huge. Um, and they, they, like I said, they talked about it, but they really, really downplayed it. And PBS not only talked about it, but they went into specific sectors and how they are coming back from the pandemic and what sectors are hurting more than others and the dynamics of the job market and how it will slow down because we're simply running out of people that you can't have this much sustained growth for that long because it's like, well, I just, whatever. So it should slow down and that's not necessarily a bad thing. And then finally, and this is really depressing, we're 100 days into the Ukrainian war. Fox News dedicated 2% of their airtime last week to the war. PBS dedicated 21% to the war. And watching the evolution of how Fox News has, has related to the Ukrainian war has been very interesting. When the war first started, they were very rah-rah Ukraine. They used to put charities on air, like promote, you know, get, donate through the Red Cross, tell them Fox News sent you, and they would brag about how much money they had raised for various charities for Ukraine. They were very, very um, pro-Ukraine. Tucker wasn't. He was like the only outlier. And now I don't, I'm not really sure why, maybe because Republicans are starting to sour on American support. Fox just barely covers it. It's like not a big thing. They, they kind of mention it. It's just sort of forgotten. And that's been interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I don't think this war is anywhere close to being finished. Uh, who knows when it's going to end. So that was bizarre that the difference is that striking and then by the numbers was really screwed up this week because two of the categories were mondays because when you do an entire hour of a show based on nonsense it's going to throw the whole week off so like one of the big categories was viewer mail and the other one was clip show and that was these goofy shows that they had on monday um, and the Queen's Jubilee threw everything off because Outnumbered was just not the same show as Fox and Friends. And I'm like, this is so dumb. And then, of course, by the numbers with the uh, words, um, AOC made the list again. AOC always makes the list. Tulsa was only mentioned once. Jobs report only five times. And, oh, of course, they were also trying to really make a big deal out of this Durham report and Michael Sussman being acquitted. And I honestly think no one cares. I don't think anybody cares about this. There's another trial coming up for the Durham report. I don't think it will matter one bit. It's a, not even an American that's on trial. I just It's so so incredibly stupid. It was basically Trump trying to make his own Mueller report. And it's been a huge, huge, huge bust. So next week, um, or this week, I'll be switching back to Sean Hannity. I'm getting off the Tucker train for a minute. Um, this should be a good week. And again, thank you for listening. I also have, I dropped it on Sunday, my breakdown of 2000 mules. It includes a cheat sheet, which is just written. I write, I took eight sources and they all had different information about this film. And I condensed it all into one document. 
and I break it down very organized of where you can find the information and where you can have a polite conversation with your crazy uncle when he starts trying to push 2,000 mules on you. And again, what I always recommend anyone is if you're going to push back against somebody who's deep, deep MAGA, try to be very chill. The more combative you are, the more you're going to get pushed back in a combative way. Just listen to them, nod, say, wow, that's really interesting. And then slowly but surely work in your, your facts, work in your knowledge and empower yourself. And again, thank you so much for coming. I'm on TikTok. I've kind of neglected that channel. <laughs> Instagram, but Twitter, I'm always on Twitter. Um, Facebook, YouTube. I'm going to be building up my YouTube more since some of those videos have done quite well. And that's about it. Thank you so much. Come back next Monday. Thank you for listening.